Sport Dev Series. Welcome, a man, main man, Mike. Mike, welcome. How about you now? Adeo. Nawa, nawa. Dude, welcome. How are things in um? Man, used to say, I did can't OBJ <laughs> was a gangster, man. Uh, yes, he was. I beg DSS, no can't find me. No can't find me. OBJ was a straight gangster. Look left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> oh boy, how far now? How are things in uh, the Bay Area in California? Um, man, things are, are going well, you know. Uh, the world is is a different place than what we knew it about 18 months ago. But uh, I thank God that I'm here still. So, yeah, all one can yeah. ask for. COVID, man. I'll keep my I'll keep my thoughts to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Have you taken your vaccine? I'm fully vaccinated, my brother. Been fully vaccinated now for a couple of months. So, cool. Which one did you take? I took the Pfizer vaccine, and here in our state, um, pretty much things are just opening back up because I think most of the people in California are getting vaccinated. So. Okay. Yeah, Pfizer, I think Pfizer, they said, is a good one, right? I haven't heard anything bad about it. Who knows, right? Pfizer. Yeah, Pfizer, and- Pfizer seems to be legit. Like most, yeah, most countries are. Johnson and Johnson one, everyone was. Uh, you know, yeah. Not very. And sure. and, and AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca? AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. Well, once they was... told me it wasn't the one I took, I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, over here in Toronto, they stopped AstraZeneca. Yeah, they, they discontinued. They started, but then they discontinued it. So uh, most people have only taken their first shot. So people are trying to figure out what to do for the second one. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, now what, uh, man? Dude, so what happened to my team, Chelsea? Well, I don't know. I don't know how to even describe that. It's Chelsea right now is going on the back of four games and they've lost three. And yet somehow they're still not too sad. They lost the FA Cup final. They lost against Arsenal of all teams and lost against Aston Villa on the last day when they needed to win. If not for the fact that Leicester just bottled it completely, bottled it. Completely bottled it. Dude. They're now <clears throat> relying on beating Man City on uh, Saturday just to even be in the Champions League. Well, you, well, you know what, though? Remember the last time we won Champions League? Mm-hmm. In 2012, I'll be. Yeah, Drogba pretty much took that trophy for us. Do you remember what our our ranking was? Oh, in you the guys league? sucked that year. I remember, I think you were either fifth or something like that. And we're sixth. Then, yeah, we're sixth with your manager, somebody that he's even coaching now, right? Um, no, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. Uh, he was the assistant and he got promoted. Right, because the, the original got fired. And he won Champions League. They gave him a chance the next day. They didn't, they didn't even last half the season the next year. <laughs> Why don't I remember his name? But with the, the eyes. Di Matteo. Di Matteo. Di Matteo. Yes. Di Matteo. Yeah, At least he can always say he has a Champions League trophy in his cabinet and he dude he, he earned it the ringer. he had to beat barcelona in the semifinal. he picked the team he set them up they went in and they won it coincidentally that was mikhail's best year in chelsea uniform in fact and we best beat year as a professional yeah and we beat uh i think we beat barcelona going into that final too yeah that's what i'm saying in the semifinal yeah we beat, Bar- we beat barcelona you beat 
them at their house. Yes. In the second place. Essien had, had that screamer. I think that was the game where. No, no, was he Essien or Ramirez? That was the game where Ramirez. On the breakaway, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you guys beat them 2 0, but Mikel had a maestro performance in that match. So a lot of remember, Chelsea yeah. fans don't like Mikel. But if you bring up that match and the Champions League finals, yeah. you saw the best of Mikel in the role he was playing in Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. no, no, Mikel was a beast, man. He and dominated. After he... that, I think in 2013 in January, Nigeria won the AFCON. On the back of that, Mikel finished at the second. Um, I think it was either second or third in Afghan Player of the Year that year. It was either him and, and Yama were the two representatives of Nigeria, and of course, Drogba. Was it Drogba? I believe it was. Yeah, did you? Was it Drogba or Yaya Toure? I think it was Yaya Toure. No, I think it was Drog. Yeah, it if it was that Champions League year, definitely Drogba. It might not have you been Drogba. I mean? It might have been Yaya Toure. Because. Um, the of Yaya Toure winning either three or four straight Af uh, African Player of the Year. But either way, Mikel didn't finish first. I think it was the next year anyway, when they after the Afghan that you know they put him out. Anyways, yeah. So good, good going down memory lane. I didn't think we were going to think talk about that, but um, no, no. And I bring it up because <laughs> we're talking about it, and, and we've lost three out of the last four, and we're going into a Champions League final against a, a, a hurricane in Man City. So you know, one of two things can happen: we could frustrate them and beat them, or they could come out and drop us four-one. <laughs> right, well, right. This, this is football. These kind of games, and you, that last sentence you just made is exactly what it is. In football, yeah. the form book is thrown out the table when it's a one-off. If these yeah. guys were going to play in a two-legged affair, then Man City will have all the advantages because they can slip up in one and still make it up. I think anyone who's watching any football will tell you that Man City are the clear favorites based on the performances in the Premier League all season and even in the Champions League. They've kind yeah. of cruised through the Champions League at the, up to this point. And, and you, this you don't is a team that, that this has been their hiccup for years. Yeah. But guess what? You don't even need to ask anyone else. Ask me. I'm a Chelsea fan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know? but, but and and we've, we've beaten them twice this year already. Yeah, right? so, so, no, no one um, can truly believe that those games have any impact on on no, this game no, that's taking place yeah. on Saturday, yeah, it, it's going to be a it's going to be an epic epic matchup. I'm looking forward to it too. It's a good tactic. Yeah, like Tuchel, yeah. to the the shine has come up Tuchel a little bit because Chelsea have this issue where they can't score goals, they can't score goals. Uh, Werner hasn't really produced. Uh, he's just not. He's he the endeavor is there. He's trying hard. I think the fans even appreciate the endeavor, but he's always off sides. Or always handling the ball before he scores. It seems. Yeah, it just, it just shows that there's some development there for him. But what I like about him is he always creates the chances. Like he'll make the right runs and be wide open out of nowhere, right? He does that thing and he does it well and he keeps doing it, right? So I think they need to coach him up, sharpen up that little part of him. I think, listen, and I, if we have another goal, we don't have a goal scorer. Don't have any goal We don't, we don't yeah, Actually, we don't we have do. a guy. We do have a goal scorer. Olivier Giroud, he's a proven goal scorer. It's just the coach yeah. doesn't have any faith in him. Problem with you, the, pro the, pro the problem with Giroud is he's just, Giroud's pace can't match those guys out there. See, my brother, you're, you're worried about this, that, and this. What are we looking for from Giroud? 
goals. When Giroud is on the pitch, Giroud scores goals. Is that true or is that not true? It's true. And he's been doing it since his days in Arsenal. His style is not one that is, is one that is loved. But look, let me tell you, my brother, that guy is a clinical finisher. There's a reason why France always picks him. You know? No, he could score. Listen, he could score, but the thing is, the the the, the only issue I see with Giroud is when you compare him to those guys that are currently playing forwards that are in the forward role for us, you know, the Pulisic, um, Timo, the pace of the game. You know, Giroud doesn't have pace, right? That's the only that's the only hold back. Whichever striker we get has to have at least enough pace to be able to keep that momentum with those guys when they're running. Yeah, that's yes. the only that's that's the only thing. He definitely doesn't fit into the mold of especially Pulisic. Chelsea, and you know the thing about Chelsea's forward line is that everyone has question marks on that. Yeah. There's no the only person that has kind of stood up to the challenge this year seems to be Mason Mount. But even him, it looks like he's getting fatigued at this end of the season. He's played more. Yeah, they all they all getting tired. Yeah. But when you look at the, everybody, uh, Kai Havertz, he hasn't really produced the goods. Like, he's shown flashes. But again, this is his first year, so you can't really judge him based on his first. There's an adjustment period coming from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. Uh, same as his partner, Werner. Werner has just had a rough year. If you even look at his, his uh, performances in the German national team, they've been horrible. They just had a game against... Oh, Again, it escaped they, my brother, where they lost. They lost against a useless team recently, yes, right? Yes, yes. It was a team that doesn't even win matches. <laughs> and they beat Germany, and Werner yeah. missed an open net from three or four yards out. Yes! It was it was easier to score, <clears throat> harder to miss. And they missed it. And the one thing you like about Germans, and you know, we have a German coach in the Nigerian national team, and I think I mentioned this in the last Super Eagles roundup. Germans will tell you how it is. That's one thing I like about their general mentality. And the head coach of Germany, Joachim Lowe, was very blunt. He said, that's unacceptable for a striker playing for the, uh, I think they call himself the DDD Mannschaft, if I say that properly in German, the national team for Germany, to be missing a chance like that. It's impossible. Yeah. First of all, there's no reason why they should have even been playing close. Like, it's not, it's not Lechtenstein. It's, not Luxembourg either. It's one of those teams that I know. You, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of the team, but it was it was one of those. A, they have a Premier League player, not not Mitrovic's team, was it? Uh, anyways, again, that I want to escape my mind. But somebody in one of those teams that Germany should be scraping off the wall, even if one half one eye is closed and they're half asleep. <laughs> yes, you know it's um, it's. It's one of those things where you look at them and you're like, North Macedonia. Exactly. Uh-huh. North Macedonia. I have to look What's it up real name? quick. Uh, old guy, 36, Goran Pandev. There it is. Yeah, Pandev. Yeah, yeah. North Pandev. Macedonia. Yeah, yeah, Goran Pandev. He actually scored. He scored, he scored at the end of the... Yeah. winner for sure. I know that. I watched that. Well, he scored at the end of the first half and then... Like injury time in the first half, and then some other guy scored at the end of the towards the end of the second. It was two one. Okay. Yes. Yes. It was two. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. So shifting continents. I mean, what do you think about um the weekend built Real Madrid Academy in Portacot? Okay. So you know, 
<laughs> my brother, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right? Okay, on, I'm on listening. The of it, it's a good thing. But unfortunately, we always have to account for the Nigerian factor in any of these kinds of things. First of all, I, I was asking, why did you call the Real Academy, thinking that Real Madrid had any link to it? And there's no link to Real Madrid. So, okay, no wallah. There's clubs in Colombia that call themselves Barcelona in South America, but they have no, you know, and they even have the colors of Barca. So maybe people from Spain came and founded that club. For all I know, I don't know the history. But my point being that the name is not an issue. <clears throat> but at least let us know that there's no link to Real Madrid. This is this is simply a Wike um, idea, which on the face of it is not bad because Wike actually has shown that he's um, a sports enthusiast for a governor. I think they yeah. call him the sports they call they, they have a name for him in Nigeria. He's called the sports governor of the country. So he's always shown the proclivity to help out whenever necessary, uh, make sure to, you know he, he invites the Super Eagles to come play. I think the stadium in Patakot is one of the seven stadia that are FIFA sanctioned. I don't know how that's possible in some of those stadiums, but you know it is what it is. So at least credit must be given there. Now, having said that, I read one of the um, <laughs> the releases by you know the weekend when he was talking about how it's been commissioned. I think this thing got commissioned in 2019, actually, right? And um, it is being sponsored by the government. And he said, "Oh, even after I'm no longer governor, they'll keep sponsoring it." And therein lies the issue I have. It means that one of two things is going on, or maybe both are one. This is just another um, siphoning, money siphoning, laundering activity or uh, establishment that all they're going to do is pump money into it. And most of that money is probably going to end up in the, in the pockets of certain people. I hope not. But precedence shows that this is usually what happens when these kind of things happen. And the other part of it, too, is that what if all of a sudden a new government comes in that's not loyal to Wike? Does that mean that this academy is no longer being funded by the government. So it's it's perilous in my mind. The one another thing I did notice was that 70% of the slots in that um, academy are to indigents of River State. And the other 30% are to people from outside of uh, Rivers and Africa in general. So for what it's worth, that is there. Yeah, man. No, I, I, I totally get your, you know, when this whole when when I first I saw the actual uh, launching ceremony recently, Amakachi was actually there because you know he's a special advisor to the president for sports. Yeah, but um, Esther Code. <laughs> Dude, I have a funny story about Esther Code. I can tell you later, but uh, please, but please um, guy, um, <laughs> but um. Yeah, this thing is. Uh, first of all, I heard he's a Real Madrid fan. During the launch ceremony, they said they went to Real Madrid, and while they were there, he was hosted by Perez and all these guys there, and you know, and I, and I was like, I have, I personally, right, my opinion on this is, I have a lot of issues with it, a lot of issues. One being one, okay, state government, state coffers, state money. Um, 
you're building a Real Madrid academy. A couple of months ago, teachers were protesting in River State saying you hadn't paid them their salaries. Um, during the launching, he said that you will not get admitted into that facility unless you can play some level of football. That and but the facility has some of the best educational facilities in the whole state, if not the best, because they poured money into it. So science labs, all of that. But you can only get in if you can play ball. Okay. You know, so it's like, okay, this is a prerequisite, but you have a lot of students that, you know, but you, anyways, you shouldn't limit it just to football just because when you have students that have abilities and you have these sort of facilities, you shouldn't just limit it to just people that play football. All right, let's move on. Then he said to what you mentioned earlier that it's going to continue to be funded after he leaves office, which means what? Which means there's no plan for it to generate enough revenue to fund itself, which means this is going to continue to come out of the state coffers <laughs> to fund the Real Madrid Academy. And then the last point is, just from my time in selling sponsorship with sports, right? I know Real Madrid or any other club for that matter will not give you their name to put on a building in Africa without you coughing up some cheese. They won't give you their name, especially Real. It's like sponsorship, right? You want to put your brand in our stadium? Here's the fee. Likewise, you want to take our logo and our likes and slap it on a building? Okay, you could do that. Here's yeah. the fee. Yeah, of and, course. And, yeah, and you pay that fee. So my thing is, outside of building it, he probably paid them. Well, not even probably. I mean, if you look at it, based on what you're saying, from a rights standpoint, of course, it stands reason to believe that he probably spent money, and it probably wasn't his personal money, state money. But, that's just, but that, that speaks to a bigger issue in the country, man, where these state governors are largely unchecked. They do whatever they want. They spend money. And not just governors, just people in political offices go unchecked. And what are you going to do? Let, let, me tell, let, me, let me say this. If I was VK, right, if I was governor of River State, I would build that academy. But I won't use state money. I would have enough seminars and rally all the so-called millionaires and multi-millionaires in that state together. I will make them donate and we will build it. But it won't come from state coffers. It, it really shouldn't. I mean, that's, that's that, my that, point, that, though. That's, that's my point. That's why in, as, as far as all the positives that the economy has in terms of facilities and whatnot, the reality is that it's undermined by the simple fact that the state is involved. And we're just repeating the same thing. I think we talked about this at the, the last Super Eagles Roundup, where one of the issues that we have, I think it was um, Mr. NFL that even brought it up first, that the state being involved in running sports teams is Nightmare. not a recipe for success. Yeah, it never is. And never I don't is. know why in Nigeria we never learn. We've been in Nigeria. We're so dependent on the state to do everything that we've lost the the common touch of understanding how to do things for ourselves. You know, like if you if you looked at if you look at places that are developed, the state is minimally involved. Yeah, in running yeah, projects, yeah. you know, hundred <laughs> percent. So, well, we don't learn from that. But there's, and of course, there's a reason behind it. Once the state is involved, then the individuals that run the state can also profit from it. And therein lies the problem. 
So that probably is a situation that's never going to go away unless we stand up and really we sit up and make them sit up. However, that however possible that is. But it's just it's just crazy, man. Like you know. Anyways, it's funny because the same thing happens. Same thing happens in the U.S. Anyways, um, you know, the Raiders want to leave Oakland and they're like, you know, build us a new fucking stadium. Uh, you know, the guy all were gone, and so the mayor and all these other people find somehow find the money, and they build them a new stadium, or they build a new stadium and invite the Rams to come over, right? All right. Well, you know what? But, but the people don't have any say. But yeah, but the people. Different. This isn't the state just saying we're building a state. We're building. We're making up a new team. It's different from a. a that's a negotiation, and I. I I'm, I'm no, but but the, but but how is that different though? Because okay, so they the Rams come to LA, they build a stadium for the Rams to come to LA with taxpayers' money, right? Mm -hmm. People in LA who don't have a say either way. It's not like they could go and say we're voting against this. No. This isn't happening. They can't do that. They do have a say in certain in certain aspects. I, and I do remember when the 49ers back in about, this is San Francisco 49ers, back in about 1995 or so, they wanted to build a new stadium at uh, some property in, in San Francisco over there. Because that, at that time, they had Candlestick Park, which was mm -hmm. old and decrepit, but yet historical. And it came into a ballot. And this is 1995, the year after the 49ers just won the Super Bowl. And the uh, the vote was voted down. So certain things can go on the ballot. Now, when I say there's a difference, is because, hey, this, the, the, the government is not running that team. So if the government decides they want to build a stadium for them, hopefully there's a plan for the state or the local municipality to be making some money off of that team. But at least they're not running the team. They don't have any say in how the team runs its affairs. You understand? And that's what we're talking about, where in Nigeria, the government is the team. They run the entire team. They don't let professionals handle the business of the team. And so the teams go down because now it's like, oh, it's one big man is in. You have to listen to the governor. Whatever he says is what they do because everybody's afraid because if they don't do nothing, the money doesn't come out for them because it's all coming from the state. So yeah, they, 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 a business decision by the cities to decide, okay, we want to help sponsor you guys because we know your presence here is going to also make us money. So that I make, think the, make, make the city money, right? Yes. And this shouldn't be coming from me because I work for different franchises. Right? But it, it's, it's, if you think, if you look at it, right, it's different. The Nigerian version is crude 100%. Like, that's just, you know, that's madness. But, but it's, it's different in the sense that taxpayers' money fund the arena or the stadium or the dome or whatever it is, hundreds of millions of dollars. The team and these billionaire owners don't pay for it. They don't pay for it. Not all, tax not all team. But then that was in the past. I think nowadays cities are wising up now. So, again, yeah, so for example, yeah. you go to a city like, I don't know, let me look for a city. Let's just pick, like, some city in North Carolina that's trying to become major league. Like Rally, mm -hmm. well, they already have a team, Rally. I was going to say, um, not Rally, but uh, Charlotte. But Charlotte already has a team. Charlotte, it's to their benefit to pay for the state to rebuild because they need that team. When you now talk, come to a city like Dallas, the Major League Sound already, they don't need it. What are you going to tell us? You better pay for that yourself. Jerry Jones paid for that stadium himself. Yeah, that $1 billion, that $1 billion exactly. stadium, yeah. He paid for that stadium himself. And, um, in San Francisco, just to use my local uh, area again, 
about 20 something years ago, they built their own stadium, the baseball stadium, which is one of the jewels of major league baseball. Uh, they built it themselves privately funded, you know, um, you go around even the stadium in LA, SoFi stadium. Oh, when you do come to the U S please, if you come around here, if you have a chance to go check out, it's, it's state of the art futuristic. Really? It was built, it was built privately. That's the trend now. The cities have wisened up and they're now saying no more, no mas. A city like Oakland, now Oakland's a minor league town with a major league with major league teams. That's just the reality of it. They have the A's, they have the Warriors, they have the Raiders. The Warriors have left to go to San Francisco. The Raiders have gone to Las Vegas. The A's have just been given permission to look for a new new city. Because Oakland's trying to play hardball, we're not gonna pay for they're all gonna go yeah yeah who, who's who's losing from that it's oakland and that's the reality so it's a fine balance when you but this is capitalism in its finest though it's free market so fine balance you got to make a decision should we pay for this team or should we not but in nigeria there's no decision it's 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 the government comes in and they own everything and no the nigerian model I've, I've said it before the nigerian model needs to be scrapped if i if i was to ever meet sunday dari who's our minister of sport you know i would just sit down with him and say listen you need to you guys need money like right now i i there's this thing called budget it's like this website where you could go in and see the budgets for all the parastatals, oh, government yeah, parastatals right. in Nigeria. Yeah. It actually tells you, it even breaks down how much states made and how much they lost. So I went in there and I looked up the uh, budget that the Ministry of Sport put forward to the House of the National Assembly to get money for. And I looked up their budget. It was interesting because, um, you know, they actually solicit funds for the NFF. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. But the, the most disturbing thing about that is because they do that, they can't fund anything else. They're entirely dependent on that money the National Assembly provides. You don't see anything that it self-generate funds for. Right. So you have to ask, look, there's no sustainability behind this. And the minister is really the entire national sports commission which is under the ministry of sport is a government parastatal which essentially has lifelong civil servants you can't fire them um which is the yeah the national stadium in abuja is called national stadium abuja right so if you're in a capitalist world you would, thank you you'd have naming rights to call it coca-cola right. stadium right so and, and you could get you could get seven eight figures for it and use it to sponsor to to fund sports but, in the country but then but then, but then the, the issue is this can the ministry of sport actually pull that off it's a problem right they, it's, it's they, not that hard man if you put the right people in the right places but you know the problem is done. but the problem is it's government right so can government be soliciting sponsorship from private organizations and will private organizations feel comfortable enough to say okay here's seven figures well i think that's the issue and then we, talk, we it's, it's funny because it looks like we're going back to some of the things we've talked about in previous um discussions right that's what we said in the very first podcast when we talked about the yeah fact that well, and then we're talking about Majapinik and the NFF generating their own funds and how they actually we're giving them credit for having done a decent enough job to 
the you know get some sponsorship because it just didn't seem like it was happening before. But the issue is just that. If I, as a sponsor, want to write a check for seven figures, when I know that six of those figures are going to be going into somebody's pockets, you know? So the accountability of the money is just not there. I mean, if we're talking about sports in Nigeria, man, the Athletic Federation of Nigeria, I think his name is Gasau, whatever his name is, he's been indicted. The um, FIP, um, the international... Um, at track, track and IAF, they, I don't know if that's the same body still. They've indicted, they've indicted him and they've asked, they queried where the money that they donated to Nigeria is gone. Do you know what they said? They said, oh. oh, first of all, the money went into a private account and got lost from there, of course. Why did the money go into a private account in the first place? They said, oh, AFN didn't have a bank account, so it had to go into a private account. And of course, the money got shared, like everything happens, you know? Um, he's been suspended. I don't think at this point he's no longer the officially the AFN chairman. But they held some Congress because you know in Nigeria they think any they can just do things anyhow. They held some kind of extraordinary Congress, and the Athletic Federation had to come out and scold them and say that Congress is not recognized. It is always in Nigeria that there's always something off. It's not being. It's like we see white and we try to paint black. You know, it just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't add up. So if I'm a sponsor, why would I want to give money to people that are like, not even accountable all across? The what? What? Yeah. What? What? Uh, what someone like Sunday Diary, the Minister of Sports, should do is identify specific private organizations run by certain people, vet them, and have them solicit the sports and have them disperse the money but all you're giving them is kind of the uh the right so to speak right to do this and you give them carte blanche let them go out there there's oversight it's public right the funds the movement of funds have to be very transparent and open to the public essentially right well, and it's a private it's a private organization and you do with people where it's a sense that because these people have so much to lose and because it's mandated that it has to be public, like they have to literally go on a public platform and publish these numbers. What you would have done is ensure that one, you're getting the funds two, the companies can trust you three, you can use the funds to then develop sports without anyone stealing the money. Right. Like that's the kind of stuff that he should do. Um, you know, because he's only there. He's 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 an employee. Like he's, he's a minister. He's appointed. So yeah, he's he's only going to be there. He's going to be there two, three years, four years, whatever, and he's going to be out. And once he leaves, that's it. But if he sets this up, and he signs contracts for the next five to ten, and he puts in the right mechanisms in there, then essentially, even after he leaves, the new guy just can't come in and say, you know what, I'm terminating your contract. You guys got to go. Nah. We have standing on, they'll take him to court. So end of the day, they'll be able to do those things and have the ability to take private money to fund specific sports. And that's the, I swear to you, that is the only option. You take it out of the hands of those civil servants. Because if you don't, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's just, yeah, it'd just, it'd just be, it'd just be a rat race. And I, and I think the minister that has, at least I'll give Sunday Diary this. He's much better than Dalong. Um, 
anybody would have been better than DeLong. Solomon DeLong was a huge embarrassment to the country. And it's not even funny, really. I, see, that's the problem. Is like I don't want to talk politics, but you know. But no, but but you know what? Has been putting nothing but incompetent people all over the place. I mean, and that just shows. And there's so much going on in that country. I don't know if you heard about the air crash that occurred last week. Yeah, man, it's yeah, very sad. The, the, the chief of army staff is gone, along with a, a bunch of senior officers. The, the chief of army staff should be in the best plane with the best pilots. If that's happening to him, if I'm in the army or any of the military parastatals, I don't want to get into any jets. I don't want to get into any jets. I mean, my dad was in the army, and I remember flying a military a military plane once. It's not comfortable. I can tell you that much. It's not like you're flying in comfort. That's not it. It's it's really a transport. You you're just gonna get up and get down, and get, you be where you need to go. You're literally strapped into a, a chair that is standalone. There's not like it's seats all through. <laughs> you know, but our and this was when I was a kid. I remember this wasn't the most comfortable, most pleasant flight, and this is many, many moons ago. So you would think that by now things would have changed. Right? We shouldn't be having crashes because of weather. And look at how many top officers we've lost. That guy, the chief of army staff. How many years ago when it was uh, General Azazi, the crash in the helicopter? A lot of these things, people people don't just believe that it's an accident. So of course you don't have any proof you can say, but in the case of Azazi, there is some some suspicion of you know some magamaga going on just because he was about to reveal supposedly reveal people who were in the government that were um, with ties to Boko Haram at the time. Oh, really? Let's not deviate. Let's not deviate. The the point we're making. It's okay, is, uh, deviation is okay on this platform. We can deviate. <laughs> the, the point but, is but, square pegs. Round hole. Round hole. Straight up. Yeah. But I think, I think that, uh, and listen, it just takes someone with some spine. And I, Sonny Dyer was the perfect person. He needed, he needs the right people around him to say, hey, this is what you need to do. The National um, Sports Festival doesn't have a presenting or a naming sponsor. Right. Just think about it for a second. Right. So, and that, and listen, that particular event, if anything, is the best platform for the ministry to use to sell exposure to all these brands. Think about it. National Sports Festival. Everyone is there. All the TVs, everything is there. You're not generating any private money. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And, and you know, and that's the problem is, you know, and someone said to me once in talking about it, said, like, dude, if someone's paying you a hundred grand for doing nothing, and I come in and tell you, listen, let's go do some work so we get the same hundred grand. <laughs> what, would, what would you say to me? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I feel you. You know, yeah, it's unfortunate. But one thing I do like is um, I don't know if you've, you've been following the uh, the MPFL. They have a nice platform that they just started with. I don't know if they have. You know, you mean the uh, the mo the app? Yeah, it's like watch platform, games, man. I haven't yeah, really yeah. watched any games. I've, I've, I don't know. I tried seeing if I could, but I didn't really follow up on it. But the thing I do like is that I can go into that um, that website and I can catch up on the latest games in terms of the stories about every game, the very nice, nicely done photography that captures every match, you know. And so, I mean, that's 
again, we're always and today we've sat here and we've pretty much chastised and complained about almost everything, every topic we brought up. But I think that's a step in the right direction. And I think Pinnick has his hands all in that. And Deco also, who is the LMC chairman, I believe. Yeah. Um, some things are working, but you know, the pace, it's like always like, like in Nigeria, man, one step forward and usually two or three steps back. Yeah, I downloaded that app though. I have that app on my phone, as a matter of fact. Let me look at it. I have that app on my phone. I downloaded it. I tried to watch a game on it, but then for some reason it didn't open up. I'm not sure if yeah, it works. I think that's that's what the issue was. Is I think maybe yeah. with us being North America, I'm not sure if that really works for us. Which uh, is which is which is where they're dropping the ball, really, because where the people you want to actually say okay hey um three four dollars a month <laughs> right i'll buy it i know you will and i know like there are probably a hundred thousand other people that will pay that money around the globe to get it for that amount of money and think about it that's 500 grand a month that they'll be making off this stinking app right so <clears throat> to I watch because i'm looking at it right now Right, you can see these mm-hmm. Oka United Hearts Hearts versus uh, I think United is one of the top teams too. Yeah, I mean, listen, I won't mind because you know I like scouting players that way too. I won't mind just going on if I could log in and I could watch a game. I could say to someone that works for a team, "Hey, check out this guy that plays for this team on this game." That's the whole idea behind it, right? So if it's not working in North America or in my work in Europe, I don't know, but that that's they need to get that fixed. I'll try yeah. again to log in. But but to your point, it's nice though. It's a nice idea, it's a nice app. They need I'm, to I'm sure um, they can work on it. I'm sure like the, the first thing's first is to have the platform and then you can improve on it. So that's one at exactly. least one good thing that, that is going on there. But the league yeah. the league is um the league I think it just restarted in the last couple of weeks. There's some good results. I think Kano Pillars, I think they actually... The top Your boy, Ahmed Musa. Musa's first game, he, he provided an assist with a game-winning goal. So that, that was that was kind of nice. You know, it's good to see him playing, but, you know, yeah. day, man. he doesn't play. He's not playing for road matches for the most part. I think they confirm he's going to this one in the next road match. He's only playing home games. Uh, after the first game, he hosted all his teammates at his house in Kano. They showed a picture of them in the living room. I don't know whether they were watching the match, but they all looked very hungry and angry. <laughs> I said, I was even, I was even worried for my boy Musa. Musa, you should let these boys in your house. So, so you know, <laughs> you come up missing. You come, come up kidnapped. <laughs> kidnap but, your ass but honestly you know <laughs> you know I don't, <laughs> I don't need to tell you this you know my my gripes with ahmed musa and how i yeah. always talk about him not really being up to scratch as a player and because he, <laughs> there's certain things he can't do while still acknowledging that he scored some big goals for nigeria in the world cup and everything that iceland that goal in against iceland damn two against argentina two against iceland those Damn. are definitely his uh, high points. He was our best. He was our best player in the last World Cup. I mean, for one yes. game, for one game he was, and that was it. I just seen that he had two goals. I think, I think if you really want to be critical, I think Organic Kairoi Temple was our best player in the World Cup. But no, you know, man. that's no, no, that, he was. Because, that that goal, I meant back 
tools against the um, Croatians in that midfield in that first game. He was the only one really giving them fighting problem fighting. And the same in the second game against Iceland. But I think by the third game, we just got it past Watau. Watau past Gary. That third game still haunted <laughs> me, man, because we were yeah, so close. Coach Raw, Coach Raw blew that game. But anyways, man. Anyways, yeah. Is, uh, I have to give him credit, man. Um, the guy, the one thing, if nothing else, is a very humble guy, a humble servant. And he serves, he's willing to serve Nigeria. Although I don't agree with him being called up, but I'm okay with it. I've, I've, I've come to peace with the, eh, let's help him out a little. Because the guy, the guy has, has really put in a shift for Nigeria. <laughs> okay. It doesn't cost us anything anyway, but... I also want to give him – he scored some big goals for Nigeria, man. If yeah, you think he did. about when he doesn't score a lot, but when he does score, they're big goals. He scored the game-winning goal against Kenya in the World Cup qualifiers for the 2014 World Cup, which is it was a perilous situation. We needed to win that match in Kenya because the Kenyans had drawn with us here in uh, in Calabar when they, in our first World Cup match right after we won AFCON in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bend. We needed to win that match before flying to Brazil for the Confederations Cup. So there was a bit. It was like you have the Confederations Confederations Cup where all these guys. It's a distraction. Playing against Kenya and Kenya wasn't easy, and he scored that game-winning goal. He scored yeah. the goal against South Africa in the last qualifiers for the Afcon that actually basically qualified us for the Afcon. You know what I'm saying? Like that one-one draw. We should have won that match anyway. That one-one draw. Was uh was all we needed to qualify? I believe, yeah, that's yeah we. I think so. I believe so because we had already beaten Libya home and away four nil and three two, and then we just went to South Africa and, and took that one one and we qualified. Yeah. Uh, and some other goals that he scored that have been you know big goals for Nigeria. You can't ever question his commitment to the Super Eagles. No, you can't. And even when uh, Sunday, Elisa wrongly named him captain by stripping Nyama of the captaincy, you know, and then Mikhail came back. Musa was very willing, immediately just gave up the captaincy at armband to Mikhail. So, yeah, he's a very humble guy. You have to give him that. Very, very class act, you know. Um, you know, we're very just and I think it has to do with his his journey to stardom. Like Ahmed Musa, um, you know, play for Canopillas. I'm I'll never forget how that season when he scored twenty one goals. And that was the breakout for him. His biggest asset was always his pace, which is something I know European clubs like when they try to get players from Africa. It's like, oh, man, he has pace. Because they know he, you can't teach that. And if you look at Zaidu, for instance, Zaidu that plays for Porto, Zaidu just the carry ball run. The guy just runs up and down that left. He doesn't left even hand. know what he's doing boom, yet. Boom, boom. Yeah, he, doesn't, he really doesn't. When you watch him, you're like, okay. Get this, better. That's one guy yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, but he is an energizer buddy and he just runs and he has pace young too young so they love him because of that so you you automatically know that okay that's something so we had pace man when he went to russia i'll never forget man i mean musa was destroying that league if i i'm sure if i met musa steps foot in moscow today they'll have an authorized they they love him out there so you know it's um so he's one of those one of those guys you have to give it up to him. I think it even says something about him to be willing to come back to play for yes. Canopilas. And I swear to you, I saw a Twitter handle that I kind of announced it that he was training, he had his first training session. And I looked at the training session, 
and the pitch. <laughs> the pitch was oh, all sand. It looked like bar beach. It looked like he was training on 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 uh, on Lekki Beach. And I was like, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Is this where he was training? <laughs> I kept looking for, and 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 you know what? It takes a lot for a player who's played in England, in Russia, you know, played in Saudi in, Arabia. Even Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia. They have good facilities. Very they good pitches, have, yeah. They probably you have know, so, facilities in Europe. Yeah, so for him to now come back, and let's be honest, right, Kano Pillars is not yam. If you want to talk oh, about story, if you want to talk about storied franchises, yeah, Pillars is in the top three. Top three. If you want to talk about storied franchises in Nigeria that have been there for a very long time, have tradition, you talk about Kanupilas, the Aimbas, those teams. Maybe Heartland, which used to be Rangers. You can't, you can't, you can't Rangers. You can't leave out Rangers. Hundred percent, right? But 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 you you understand. So to come back to that team, you can kind of be like, dude, come on, you're kind of pillars. Why can't you have a good training pitch? And look away, you know, I was just like, come on, man. And kudos to Ahmed Musa, because he was training on, he was running around, you know. He's a humble guy. He'll, he'll do whatever Yeah, very humble guy, he'll man. do whatever it is. I mean, one thing I, I, I know for a fact, that he, but having said all that, he doesn't really need to be invited to Super Eagles. If we want to be objective, like, <laughs> hey, like come on, man. Like, let, let's just keep it real. Like, come on. We have so many, but right now we have so many players that we can't even fit into the team any right now. You know, we talked about this in the last one where we were naming the players. Even more have been, we just released a list uh, for a friendly match against Cameroon on June 3rd which I'm looking forward to. Always a fun event when we play against Cameroon. Coincidentally, Victor Osimhen has never played against any top African teams, except against oh. Tunisia in the, uh, in the Nations Cup third place match when he came in for Igalo right about yeah. half the time. But really, every time we played a top team in Africa, Osimhen has either been hurt. I mean, the two friendlies we played against Tunisia and Algeria, it was, it was, he wasn't available for those friendlies. And we've been playing minnows for the most part. I mean, let's just keep it real. Our qualifying series, now there's 24 teams qualifying. It's only minnows that we're going to play in the qualifiers. Those don't give you a real gauge. So this friendly is actually a good one. Very well very well picked by Pinnock and the staff and Coach Raw. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see our boys battle against our neighbors from Cameroon. Because those guys are angry at us right now. We've been, we've been getting the better of them forever now. And here's the truth. But but let's let I mean let let's just be honest. What better than Cameroon? You know, just 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 in terms of and and really, it's not about they're more physical than us. If you look at their players, their players look like running backs and linebackers across the board. They they're like yes. way more physical. Well, if you we play Cameroon, but we we issue. in terms yeah, but in terms of technical skill nah, and tactics better. to the game our guys are like i mean you could just tell when we, i actually think our players like playing cameroon because yeah, yeah because we know okay this is what's gonna predictable happen. yeah and, and like once cameroon it, is going to come out cameroon will not sit back and defend all day they're going to try to come out and attack and we yeah. don't do well against teams that sit back all day actually we no we don't we don't Yes. So this is why actually this is why I think when we play against the top teams, we tend to do well. We do very well, yeah. Top teams in Africa because they come out and it's just man man versus man. Best play. And if we're missing our best player that day, it might make a big difference. But 
generally speaking, if we're playing against a team that decides they want to open up, like when we played Algeria in the World Cup qualifiers, they got waylaid because they were they wanted to attack us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Zambia, yeah. they were naive. They didn't know any better. They said, "Let's we're going to attack them." It got destroyed. But but, but you see, that's the thing we do, especially when we play teams that want to come forward and they play as a European type system tactically, we we would have a field day with them. Now, when we play teams that want to defend and play that aggressive African style, we run into problems because they know how to defend. So there's one thing to say, I want to defend and another to say, I'm going to defend. Right. So like Sierra Leone, when they came to Lake Osu, Benin. They said we were going to defend. <laughs> they, they picked four goals in 25 minutes and 30 minutes or whatever. You understand? It's just that the boys, it's human nature. You're looking at Cameroon in the rankings. And then when Victor got hurt, that really rankled the team. And it went downhill from there. And, you know, in sports, you, 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 you've been an athlete. Sometimes when that boulder starts rolling downhill, there's not a whole lot you can do to stop it, man. The yeah, but dude, dude well, yeah, that game though, we're talking Sierra Leone, man. Like you know, it was, it was, it was. Even if, if it, to me, if I was raw, I wouldn't even play OC Man for that game. No, you have to play OC Man. The one, about? the one thing we have are offensive weapons, right? You have to play. We, we you have. have play, you have to play your best players, man. You, you saw Paulo Noach just won. He won the Golden Boot in, in Belgium recently. Yes, yeah. yes. I know you don't. Player, you're not a big player. fan, but but he. But I'm saying like the one. The one thing we have is offensive weapons. We're playing Sierra Leone, so okay. Osiman gets injured. Fine, you take him out. But guess what? You have you have you have you have killers on that bench. You could bring yeah, we up. didn't though. We didn't then. So see now you're thinking about oh, the guys no. that we have now that are informed. Back then, the NHL wasn't informed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the guys weren't. In. It's just too crazy. Hey, guys. hey. By the way, it's pronounced NHL. <laughs> Dude, every time I'm watching Lester when he scored, I'm like, eh, hey, nah, oh, yeah. that, that guy, that guy did well. This He's season. a beast, though. No. Yeah. And that's also part of why Lester didn't make it. But that's a different topic. Anyways, let's not even worry about that guy that's here. That was a one off. <laughs> I think hopefully we learned our lessons from that game. But um, um, what I was trying to say was that we're playing Cameroon. Um, so that's a good look. Some of the guys we invited uh, a new guy from the Division Two in Portugal, which is raising a few heads. Marcos, um, what do you mean last name again? I forget. Yeah, anyway, some again, I don't even want to. But the truth of the matter is that they're guys that <laughs> we have so many players there that. Dude, we 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 have players. There's there's a guy I just found out recently. Another player for Fulham, but he plays for the under twenty three as a winger. Pacey, very good. Uh, last name is Jasper. Actually, his dad is from Patania. I found this out recently. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Ja- last oh, name Jasper. Kid, you know. So, look, end of the day, man, they we're so deep, especially in that Europe, so deep. But the problem is, we don't you just need to. Midfielder, man. <clears throat> That's the problem. And uh, Eze got blew out his Achilles. Chukweze. No, not Chukweze, but uh, Eze. Is it the old guy for, for Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace. Who is the guy we've been trying to get? And Michael Lise. I don't know. We he didn't get invited to this team, but he was invited to the last team on the standby. Right? Yeah. He plays for Reading, I believe, in the yeah. um, English first division. But he didn't get invited. He, he's eligible for France and also England. 
He's 19 years old, so I think I'm saying he's not really necessarily the solution, but he's an offensive midfielder that was the player of the year and the young player of the year in English First Division. So you know he's not no slouch. English First Division, that's a league. Yeah, that's a serious 100%. league. 100%. You know, it's a serious league. So you win the young player of the year in that league, you're doing something. All right? Um, he, he didn't get picked, so we're now saying, okay, what's happening? Is he The story that was going around was that we didn't have enough visas. There's no visas, so we couldn't make a visa for him. Can you imagine that? Even if it's not true, why is that even a story in my country, man? Anyways. It's organization, man. It's just lack of organization. But then again, it all comes down to... Anyway, I'll stop. Speaking about Europe, um, what do you make of this uh, proposed Super Cup debacle on this you whole mean thing? Super League that they were trying to... Super well, League, yeah. For one, I'm glad it, it didn't come to fruition yet but and we you know a lot of times man, the crowd goes mad and no one listens to the real the truth of the matter is if you really critically look at the idea <coughs> trending football's been trending towards there for the longest time it's just that i think the people that were involved jumped the gun and i think what a lot of people were upset about and again and just for those who may not have heard about what the super league is is the breakaway league that 12 teams super teams in europe six from england uh three from spain or four from spain and two from italy i don't even know what the numbers are there's 12 teams all together yeah german clubs opted out yeah, they decided they, you know, they weren't going to do it, and that, yeah. and actually, that was the first crack in the wall once the Bayern. Oh yeah, because we they, 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 because they could smell it, they could smell it a mile away the minute it came up. Well, the thing you about the Germans is that their own, it's a fifty plus one situation in terms of ownership. There's always right. plus one with the fans being that plus one. So a deciding gonna, factor, right? You're not going to get uh, people to. Um, to do anything without the consent of the fans. And so if, since the fans, <laughs> you know, and you can see how the fans reacted in England, the fans were gonna be like, hell no. Nah. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I, I personally, I'm more on the side with the fans just because it's almost like they were trying to create, not almost like, they were trying to create uh, some a, a top boys club, if you will, like an exclusive club. The only thing, the problem was that they weren't making it merit based, and that's what a lot of people were not happy. That's about. the just yeah, because because like these teams. Honestly, Boma, I think you and I are probably going to say the same thing in the in the long run. But here's where I think they made a mistake. The people that like Florentino Perez, uh, Real Madrid's president, who's sort of the voice of this whole thing, their PR was terrible. If they had come out and explained what they were trying to trying to achieve a little better. Before they just announced, like, oh, we're breaking away. Maybe people would have had a little bit more reception to it. The idea is actually not a terrible idea. And they also have plans. If you notice those 12 teams, they have room for a few more. They have plans to bring teams in. They also have plans to pay these leagues plenty of money. I'm telling you, if they, if, if, if they have put that in the forefront, a lot of these clubs that were acting like, oh, my God, how could you guys go away? They wouldn't have been angry at it because they would have been getting paid, too. And then yeah, I, think, I, no, go I, ahead. Think, I think there might have been plans to actually have a situation where other teams could come in and join. Yeah, they said that they said they were going to have a situation where 
they would allow certain th teams, which is why I said it's similar to an exclusive club, right? So we would allow you to come into this exclusive club. But depending is Champions on... League not exclusive? No, yeah, Champions, League is, Champions League is merit-based. You saw how we were all on the edge of our seats this last whatever because we're like, oh, my God, are we going to make Champions League next year? And Tottenham comes in last minute, beats Leicester and saves us. Yeah. Without that, yeah. without that, if you take these top clubs, so in England it would have been United, City, Chelsea, Tottenham. I think that was it, right? And Arsenal, yeah, and right? Arsenal. And, and Liverpool. Arsenal and Liverpool. And Liverpool. And Liverpool. So, so laughable. That was laughable. So you, <laughs> if you think about it from that from that standpoint, it's like, okay, all these teams will still play in the league. But guess right. what? They don't have to qualify right. anymore. Yeah, we're not trying to if you if you some competition. Yeah, if you create the champ, if you create the Super League, what happens to the Champions League? Right? Yeah, they would have died a slow death. And then here's the dangerous part. Rich clubs coming together to create their own exclusive league, league without the express permission of UEFA. Right? That automatically destabilizes the authority of FIFA around oh, the yeah. world. Oh, because yeah. what would happen is, yeah, Oh. And you now come to Africa, the um, TP Mazembe's, the uh, Alice, they'll just come together and say, listen, why do we have to travel around right. all the way to Mauritania nope. to play a team in Nouakchott? We're wind blowing and dust. And, you know, yeah, why do we have to go to Mali to play? They would just um, call, and actually, it's funny. Let's like, it's a funny thing. Do you think they would even call any Nigerian club to join? No, I don't think <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And they, just, and they just got knocked out recently of you Confederations Club. They got knocked out. They got outplayed. Outplayed. I saw both legs. Outplayed. Of course, but it's not like they were playing a top. They were playing pyramids of Egypt. It's not like a top club in. And this, we're not talking about the Cap Champions League. We're talking about the Confederations Cup, where it's the lower tier. All I have to say is thank God for our players in Europe because <laughs> if these same guys had to compete, well, we we did well in the Chan, right? Did we? We didn't the qualify. Why did we do well? We didn't qualify. We got knocked out by... Yeah, we didn't even qualify Togo. for the Chan. Yeah, Togo. there you go. Togo. There you go. Togo. Togo beat us 4-0 in the first leg, and I think we actually beat them 3-0 or something like that. It's one of those. Either 3-0 in the first leg and... <clears> And, we and there you have it, my friend. So speaking of home-based players, the NFF just executed a friendly with Mexico. And the same Mexico we went to go see in uh, Houston. And they'll be playing in Los Angeles. And that might in be LA, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it home-based guys? It has to be. Raw said, "How are you? it's July 3rd. So we have a we have friendly on June 3rd and now a friendly on July 3rd. So, of course, the thing... Again, I, I always like to be um, fair in my criticism. So Raw came out and styly, styly lambasted the timing of the friendly, saying, I can't even invite my European players to play this game. It's going to have to be home-based. At the same time, I don't blame the NFF for um, scheduling this event because they need money. If Mexico says we're going to pay you X amount of dollars, you know, I think your boy, uh, Gyro, executed the uh, friendly. And uh, and uh, they said, okay, if you come July third, one day before Independence Day, come come collect money. Would you say no? I wouldn't say no to that. Although, of course, we now know that either 
our boys are going to be in Europe are going to be either in preseason or on holiday. I mean, if they come play this friendly on June 3rd, I'm already thinking about a guy like Onyekuru that's been off for almost two weeks now. If he's even going to be in shape for the friendly that we're playing on June 3rd. But I guess they can whip him into shape in a couple of weeks, in a couple of days. Uh, they'll be gone. So what, do we call them back to fly to U.S.? Or bring them out of their clubs for preseason? It's not a FIFA-organized window. And Mexico will be already in preparation for the Gold Cup. Yeah, listen, prediction for that game right now, I'll tell you, Mexico is going to run right through them. <clears throat> in LA too, they might as well be playing in, in Mexico. I'm you know, um, the tickets come out on Thursday. So that'll be fun. That'll be a fun game to watch. I'm just upset that it's not going to be the real Super Eagles, man. No, and that's, and that's disturbing because I'll never forget when we played Mexico in Azteca, where Martins had two goals. And we missed a penalty. Uche missed a penalty at the very last play of the game. He got a penalty and he missed it. Would have beaten them 3 2 at Azteca. And that game was interesting because our guys showed exactly what they were made of. You know, this is Azteca. Yeah. There were like 80, 100,000 Mexicans screaming. Super Eagles walked in there and almost, <laughs> almost trounced them, right? So it's. um. This game here, if they take home base, guys. Ah, we're going to get this grace. And it's not good. Our FIFA ranking right now, it's, it's, it's precarious. We need to make sure that we're in the top five in Africa. I know that doesn't sound like a lot of top of course, but we're, I think, what, what are we, number three right now? To be seated, right? To be seated right. for the walk. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. qualify from our first round group. That's not even an issue. By hook or by crook, we're going to make it out of there in first place. But against Cape Verde... Central African Republic and Liberia. Now, I mean, <coughs> Cape Verde and Central African Republic. Yeah, Cape Verde comes to play. Okay, okay. Yeah, Cabo Verde, they come to play. Yeah. They come but to play. We sh- when all said and done, when you look at the firepower we have, we should roll out, roll out of that group. Roll out of that group. Wait, Cape Verde, Liberia, who else? Central African Republic. Now, those boys are strong. They have Cameroonian physique. Yeah, they, they basically some... tailor their game after Cameroon, just physical battle with you and beat you yeah. up, you know, but they don't really have much. <laughs> Liberia is in shambles, man. They, you know, their whole federation, they, there's really not. But they they always get up to playoffs, though. That's the one thing. Like, Liberia, they'll, they'll find the motivation to play us. Central Africa, I mean, uh, Cape Verde, I don't know if you recall. I think that's couple- our biggest challenge. <laughs> but I actually honestly think our biggest I, honestly there's no challenge in that group. Let's just be real. Like, if we want it really, we're just saying this just because we have to say respect these things. But at the end of the day, all those teams are afraid that they're they're looking at it as an uphill challenge that they are pitted against Nigeria. They don't no team wants to be pitted in the same group as Nigeria in that first round. And yeah, I can we, guarantee you when once we move past that first round and move into the knockout phases, nobody's gonna want to be pitted against us. You don't want to pair. You don't want to play Algeria. You don't want to play Nigeria. I think those are the top two teams outside, or maybe even Egypt. But even Egypt is not as scared. There's not as feared in Africa. Mo Salah. Oh, Senegal. Those are the three teams you want to avoid at all costs. Senegal. Nigeria, so if we're if we're seated, we'll be placed automatically in a group where we're not seated with any one of those. Yeah, so the, as teams. long as those guys are top five, which they will be at this point, Senegal will be top five, Algeria will be top five, Nigeria will be top five. Cameroon will be. Ghana Cameroon, won't be. Nah. Ghana is so low. 
It's it's I think right now is it's Algeria, Tunisia, Nigeria. No, sorry, Algeria, Senegal, Nigeria, Tunisia. Nah, come think of it, Algeria might even be behind us in the rankings in the African rank, which I don't understand, but. Because they look like the best team in Africa to me, just complete, complete. They they look like the best team when you look at them play. Yeah, they, they go home in a way. They just run through people, and they're friendly matches. No, they 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 have a squad, man. And they 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 bury they score goals. They know how to score a lot of goals. Riyad Mahrez, that guy, <laughs> probably going to be African Player of the Year, in my opinion, especially if they win Champions League. Which I hope they don't. But yeah. Speaking of Champions League, oh man, what a sad way to end the season for all our, Ni- our Nigerian uh, players that were trying to fly the flag in Champions League. Victor Simen with Napoli, they just laid an egg in that last day game of the season. Yeah, and um, they had they had everything in their hand playing against a mid-table team in Verona. All they had to do was win. They came out looking like they were scared. It was amazing. And Russia, man. That, yeah, the only thing I noticed was that. All season long, man, those white players are very selfish. They don't pass the ball to Victor when he's in positions that could do damage. They get the ball, he's there. Instead, they try to beat somebody and try to take the shots themselves. The two they're, trying to, they're trying to shine, man. Like, this dude is stealing our shot. Man. We, right, the biggest we are Lorenzo Isigne and uh, Irvin Lozano, the Mexican dude. Now, Insigne. Okay, I almost understand. He was he's been the man in the club. That's what he's done. But Lozano, this was his breakout season, really, because last season he was almost he was almost going to be surplus to requirements. So I can understand that he's probably trying to really shine. Right. So, but to me, um, Gattuso got fired after this the season ended. I think if it did? nothing else, oh yeah, yeah, which is not a good thing for Simon because Gattuso he liked him, yeah, his neck out for Victor. So that's that. That puts some uncertainty in Napoli now. To me, the biggest biggest misdoing, they couldn't get the guys to feed his main striker. Well, Simeone actually ended up doing well by scoring ten goals and three assists after missing all. He missed seventeen or nineteen games. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 and that's why they bought him to do that exactly. <laughs> so it it will be interesting. But Simeone is such a specimen, man. Now look, if if you if you want to keep him on the bench. You're doing so at your own peril, especially on that team. You know, you, you just—I don't see anyone else that just has what he's doing. You yeah, know, but um, they got they, the team. At the, I, think, <clears throat> I think the offense has to run. They have to—they have to play for him. And right now, I don't see that because he's deadly, man. That guy is, is special. Yeah, special. He is. He's special. He he's—he's—you know. And when you go when you go on the um, when you go on the. The, say on YouTube when you look at the highlights and you look at the fan comments. I'm not talking about Nigerians commenting. Sometimes if you just read it in Italian, Aussie man, Forza Aussie man, you know, they, they, they tell you about, and this is games when he doesn't score. And they'd be like, you see comments like, man, that guy, Victor Aussie man, that guy is a special talent. Because you see what he does. And this is when you were saying, I don't like Paul or not true. It's not that I don't like him. It's To me, it doesn't fit into the Super Eagle style of play. Aussie man, when he plays, whether he scores or he doesn't score, the defenders will go back. You gonna feel him. You gonna feel him. Yeah. Their family that they played against Victor Simen today. They would. It's, yeah, yeah. it's known. You gonna feel him. Yeah. Uh, Onoachi was the hero. 
I actually was watching that match last night. I was watching the replay of that game last night. That boy disturbed that Bennett defense. And even in the last 10 minutes when we started put the pressure on them because we needed to get that win, he was all over the pitch. He had a header that was bouncing on the turf. It was going in to the goalkeeper safe, parried away for a corner. He, yeah. had a, he, he got the ball on the right wing and laid a marvelous ground ball cross that if the defender didn't stick his leg out, all he had to do was just put his long legs on the ball in the net. That resulting corner, he won the first header, or somebody won the header. He took the shot that the goalkeeper parried into Onoatu's path that he scored. Yeah. So his hands were all, and in the first 10 minutes, he was the one that was just tormenting the Bennett defense. So his hands were all over that match, you know? Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, next couple of games coming up. Friendly against Cameroon, I think, is the most compelling one um, <clears throat> to watch. And then kind of go from there. But my man, always a pleasure having you on. You know, it's a shame Mr. NFL is on, on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. NFL. Yes, but yeah, yeah man. Well, the next, the next round table, no question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So well, thank you, my. Anyway, I think it, it, it's um, it behooves us to leave without making predictions for a Europa League finals tomorrow with between Manchester United and Villarreal. Hopefully, uh, Villarreal. Let's hopefully Chukwueze can come back from injury and maybe make a cameo appearance. And on Saturday, the main, main, main event between well, the well, Blues Saturday. of Manchester City and the Blues from London. Chelsea. Well, Saturday's game, I, I, I shouldn't make a prediction because I'm clearly biased. There's not there's not an ounce of of objectivity in that in that prediction. I'll just it won't be fair. You know what my prediction is. Even though I my football brain is telling me, yeah, you guys are gonna get your asses whooped. <laughs> my Chelsea brain, like, you know what? If Ngolo Kante plays. Is any injured? Yeah, but Tuko says he's going to see if they could, he could train. What did they injure? Depends on what he injured. I don't know, man. Nobody they took him on the game injured. against Leicester, but he was killing Leicester. Killing them. Listen, if that kid plays, I promise you we win. If he doesn't, because Kovacic is just coming up injury. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's... The last two games against Villa and against um, Leicester... Kovacic had two two similar situations. Back to the field, he's facing the goalie. Goalie gives him a pass. As soon as he gets it, player runs from behind him, steals the ball. Same thing, same exact thing. You could tell they planned for it, especially Villa. Villa, they had one guy just trading him across the pitch. He was frustrated. If Ngolo was in there... <laughs> Ngolo don't be holding the ball now. As soon as he gets yeah, it... Yeah, yeah, you know... So, first of all, he's so, not facing his back. Yes. And then uh, you know Fernandino is no joke, man. So I think if if you if you have um Ngolo in there, I think we we we, we have well, a good chance. Tactics, but it's, it's, it's been the Fernandino, yes, but really with Pep Guardiola, the whole forward line is pressing you. That's why that's why Guardiola yeah. not playing as much because he can't press like that's why he doesn't play with a, a striker anymore. He just says, you know what? I'm going to put all my presses and all midfield players, and they all score. Yeah, yeah. And they press. They work. They work. Raheem Sterling. I tell you what. I promise you this, though. He's going to start Sterling in that game. 
because Sterling gave us problems in the last EPL game where we beat them. You know, they had that call for penalty. One time he stole the ball off. Um, matter of fact, the goal they scored was a mistake from Christensen. Sterling yeah. got the ball. Yeah, so he is going to play. I won't be surprised if he starts Phil Foden as well. Oh, Foden's so, playing. Yeah, so the revelation of the season. Yeah, so he's he's so it's the biggest thing that pains me is that if N'Golo Kante doesn't play, then I know okay we have Kovacic and Jorginho, and these guys are going to press us. And they'll watch the last two games and see how Kovacic lost the ball twice. Same situation. So that is my biggest fear. Um, I don't know. I think we could win. If N'Golo plays, I think if he doesn't play, we, we, we could lose that game. Um, I think United wins. Uh, yeah, I think United are the favorites. And it, it, it's amazing <clears> because I think if Chukwueze wasn't injured, he gives yeah. a different dimension. But don't sleep on Bilari. I've watched them all season. No, they're good. I saw the Arsenal. I saw both games against Arsenal. They're forget good. About, forget about the um, the Europa League for a second. Just watch them play in La in Liga. Spain. Yeah. yeah. By the way, La Liga was amazing this year. I don't know if you really had a chance to really follow La Liga this year. My, I've always it was it was competitive though. I'll say that. Yeah, I've always watched La Liga, but it was last year during the pandemic return that I really fell in love with La Liga because it's just a different league, man. And I yeah, think with Ronaldo leaving and Messi not as, and Barcelona as strong, it's made the league a little bit more... The parity is higher, more, right? Yeah, the parity is higher. Like, Atletico, Atletico won the league, right? I, I mean, let's... Fight it, to the end. Remember when I said to text, like, yeah. Yeah, All Black is going to be the reason why we'll end up being... Well, he was the main reason, but end up yeah. being Suarez at the end. Can you imagine that they gave Luis Suarez away for almost for six million dollars? That's it's it. nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you think I, I'm going to go with Manchester City three, Chelsea one, and I'm going to go for the upset tomorrow. Uh, Villarreal two, Manchester United one. Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't see. I I, do, I just don't see Villarreal keeping out. Um. The Uruguayan assassin, man, Edison Cavani. Cavani, Cavani listen, I think, I think, he's I think that's, I, he's in form, and I think that's their ace. I think what United brings to the table, and I think the way that guy positions himself, he's going to give, he's going to give Villarreal a lot of problems. He'll I'm telling problems. you, right? you know, I'm telling you. Hey, problems don't always result in goals. As long as you don't let him, yeah, time, he gives you problems. You're doing good. They also have, they also have hitters on the other end. Uh, uh, Gerard Moreno. Now, the guy I do think if Chukweze plays, the dynamic changes for Villarreal. Well, Chukweze will not even start even if he plays. But the guy that's replacing Chukweze, I'm, I'm actually concerned. Aaron Pino, that, that little man is 19 years old. He's come in immediately. The game, the first game that he replaced Chukweze, he scored. The game winning goal. And he scored again last week. So he's already shown that he's he has end product. So I'm thinking he's he's good. Chukwueze yeah. might have a fight on his hand if he doesn't. But again, what's annoying is that Chukwueze was just starting to round into form. He, he at three out of the last four matches he had played, he was man of the match. You know, so yeah. I think yeah, competition is good. Competition is good for him. It make him focus and work harder. I think so too. Yeah, but I think that that might be the one difference that Jeremy Pino is 19, not really experienced. 
while Manchester United there's loads of experience over the field, although they're missing Harry Maguire too, and there's questions about who the defensive back line is going to be. Is it Bailey or whoever? And, and, and in the league, I think they their last three games, I believe they won they one. Played well. Yeah, they played very well. Yeah, I, I don't even think they won any of the last three games. They lost. They won the last. They won the last game on the final day. No, they drew. Wasn't it? No, nah, they, they won. Yeah, they. I know they drew Fulham at some point. Yeah, and when when uh, Cavani scored that wonderful goal. Yeah. And the last game, they I believe. Leicester. They drew with Fulham, and they lost. Oh, you said they won. I don't. I don't remember who they played. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. Um. So they played Villarreal. They beat Wolves two one. Okay. And, and so the their last, game. they lost to Fulham, and they lost to Liverpool. They didn't lose. And they, so their last four, one, two, three, four. They only won one of their last four. The last game, the very last game. They lost to Leicester, then they lost to Liverpool. Liverpool they drew. They drew. With, they drew with Fulham, and then they beat Wolves two one in the last okay. game. And Wolves were playing without their manager was gone. It was the last last game. And speaking, yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. We we tend to focus on all these top. I know we said goodbye, and now we spend another ten minutes talking. But we tend to focus on these top teams. But in all these leagues, and in fact, let me even just go back talk about the Premier League, the Spanish league, La Liga, and even the French league this year, which were the three main leagues I watched, including Italian league. Man, there's some wonderful teams that are not playing in Europe that play good football, have some good, solid organization, good players. In the Premier League, the top two teams, the team that comes to mind is Leeds United. Those guys were must-see yeah. TV. Play. I like how they play. I like how they play. That then fizzled out at the end a little bit was West Ham United. They actually did very well. I think they ended up yeah. clinching the European spot. Uh, Wolves didn't play as well this year, but over the years with that manager Nuno Espirito Santo, that that team has played very entertaining football. They attack you; yeah. they don't fear anybody. And it's sad that he's going to leave. I think the talk is that he's going to Tottenham. He's like the leading candidate or whatever, but we don't know for sure. You go to Spain, and mm-hmm. eh? you look at teams like Levante. They have a guy named El Comandante. Uh, um, Luis Luis uh, Moreno. That's the thing. That's uh, yeah. But his nickname El Comandante. Levante, very good team to play. Real Sociedad, very beautiful. I think they end up finishing fifth. So they're in Europe. Sevilla had a good season. Real Betis had a very. They play attractive football. Even some of the teams that were in the bottom they end up either getting relegated or close. Celta Vigo with Iago Aspas. Those guys play one Yeah, but Aspas. Aspas is a player, Aspas man. Yeah. The last game of the se- uh, second to last game of the season. Um, Huesca ended up getting relegated, but they were playing some decent football in the last month and a half, you know? So there's football every in, in France. I followed Lille's run, but if you look at Monaco, they, they were playing great. Um, Bissam Benietta scored mm-hmm. a ton of goals this year. Uh, you know, he's I think he's originally Moroccan, but he's playing for France. He's on the French national team. Um, Lyon with um, Memphis Depay and the rest of those guys and Toto Kambi, you know, from Cameroon. Yeah, they, they have a pretty decent squad, too. They played some attractive football. Even look in the middle of the table, some teams like Angers played some decent football. They're not like the household names that yeah. you talk about. You know, our boy, uh, Muffy, hey, they escaped the drop. You know, they did well to escape the drop because Lorient is not a big team. 
there's good football being played, man. Good coaches all around. I want to give one particular coach a lot, a lot of credit, and that's Christophe Gaultier and um, and Lille, who three, two seasons in a row, his best player gets shipped out. The season before is Nicolas Pepe shipped out to Arsenal. They got money, used it to buy players. The next year, Victor Oshiman got shipped out. They took the seventy million uh, exchange and they used it to buy. So, well, not just Victor Oshiman. They the guy, the defender that he sent to Arsenal. The two of the Gabriel, two of the, so those were the two spying players, Gabriel and the Brazilian defender and Osimhen. sold out, and man, they they recruited real well. One of the biggest recruitments in France was Borat Yilmaz, um, the 34-year-old Turkish striker, the 35-year-old that's just scoring for fun this year. He's basically the reason they won the league. They got Jonathan David from Canada, the Canadian kid. He was a bull, a bull. And you saw some yeah, of he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Jonathan Davis is good. Yeah, I almost feel bad that Victor left when the team became so good because, you know, but it, he's moving on to bigger and better things, obviously. So that's coaches everywhere. We always focus on the, the big teams and the big guys, but there's good football being played all around. <clears> Even <throat> in Germany, I watched a little bit of German League this year. You know, um, Kaiser's not like I'm trying Frankfurt. They end up bottling it at the end of the season. They should they should have qualified for Champions League, but they they're gonna be in Europa League. Good football. No, uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of really good teams. I think Germany. I I was able to watch a lot of Italian, um, you know, and that was fun to watch, man. Because I would catch some games, and maybe it might be you know Roma playing or Juve or I mean Inter went ran away with it, but it was it was good fun competitive games to watch yeah, you it's see almost play. as if eh, with no fans the shackles were off i prefer the fan I, yeah but i prefer yeah I, I feel you though but with the fans dude dynamics is just different man. different bro even those like just those couple of games we just saw yeah you just you just hear that <sighs> <laughs> and you see the you, you know it's just, Leicester with your fans. Just see how you guys were just running them ragged. It was the dude, fans. It was additional the fans. additional yeah, additional bump, man. Like the energy is just on a whole nother level. Without the fans, sometimes they would score goals and you're like, Okay. You start looking at the VAR, like, okay, is that is that okay? Because it's just it's just flat, you know, like okay, he scored. You All know? Right. Right. That joy of scoring a goal is just not there. It's yeah, not there. I feel you. And the and the yeah. reaction from the players too. You know, like when Team Werner scored uh, against the handball goal. Handball. You saw the way he celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know that that wouldn't have happened if there were no fans. So, but it's all good, man. We'll see what happens. Interesting. Next couple of days tomorrow should be fun, and then Saturday, my fingers are crossed. That goal that Cavani scored against Fulham was the first time the Manchester United fans saw him live. So for him to score that kind of wow. goal, yeah, so it's just like this is yeah, what I'm man. all about. That's, 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 yeah, those yeah, are yeah, moments, yeah. You know? Cavani, listen, I've loved Cavani for a long time. That guy is a player, man. I call him the Uruguayan assassin because he has that. He has that long. He, you know, he reminds me of. He has that long hair, that long South American crazy hair. It reminds me of the guys from. Um, um, what do you call that movie? What was that movie with Al Pacino, wait, man? Wait, yeah, okay, uh, Godfather. Yeah, uh, no, no, Godfather. Uh, the one with Al Pacino and um, he was Miami. Casino. Yeah, he's not. 
No, not casino. He was in Miami. He was a, he was a Cuban drug dealer. Golly. Oh, Scarface. Uh, Scarface. You remember when they attacked his house? Oh, yeah. At the end? Uh-huh. You remember how they had uh, all those guys they had brought in from South America, those mercenaries? <laughs> they had their hair running around, chasing him with guns. <laughs> so Cavani, that's why I call him the Uruguayan assassin. Because he just, yeah. he, when he's on that field, I don't know if you recall him in the last World Cup, or he did. Oh, yeah. Cavani, Cavani's. Even, it doesn't yeah, even, you don't even need to bring an event. It just brings on his name. He's yeah. the all-time leading goal scorer for PSG. He yeah. scored against Nigeria in the Concentrations Cup in uh, 2013 or 14, yeah. whatever. 13, I believe that's what it was. So, yeah, Edison Cavani is a special yeah. talent. And now yeah, he's supposed to be on his way out. Nah. You know, because he's, you know, he's in his 30s, right? 34. But he, he, yeah, look at what he's still doing. Cavani's yeah, a beast. But, but I, think, I think we're starting to see all across the board, across the board in all sports. The old ages where we said you were old is no longer the case. I'm mean, look at no longer the case. Yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is 37, dominating 38. I think almost 37, 38, dominating Serie A with goals. When he's playing, he's scoring. Ronaldo just led the league in scoring to set a record. He's led yeah. the league in scoring in England, Spain, and freaking. Uh, Italy, I think it might have done that. In all fairness to those guys, I'll give them that much. So they 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 do put in the work, take care of themselves. Um, no, the guy that was top scorer last year in Italy was also thirty five. Yeah, last yeah. Year. So it's like the old days of saying, "Oh, you hit thirty, you got to go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same because back in those days, man, like the small injury that I had, I was just talking to you about, could have been something that would keep you out for much longer than. Now we have all these, you know. They have stem cells. They have they mix your blood with all kinds of stuff and inject it back into the area, make you heal. The same thing that uh, native yeah. doctors were saying they, they knew how to do back in the day. Now it's being done. <laughs> native doctors, native doctors were chewing leaves and spitting on your legs. <laughs> Africa. <laughs> you know, crazy. Man. <laughs> no, but listen, true story though. Is one guy I know. The guy broke his arm, uh, and they didn't take him to the hospital. Man, they took him to see this old lady deep in the forest, okay. and she took she took his arm, and she put leaves around it, tied it up, to take it off in three days. <laughs> so that's what she said. So what happened in three days? Like, what did that? <laughs> The arm, the the arm had to come back together, man. <laughs> okay, good for her. You know, but all jokes aside. No, but. Man, so you know that's my field is drug discovery. That's what I studied in in, mm. in graduate school. And one of the things they actually the first things you do when you're trying to solve a problem is you look for a part of the world where they don't have that problem. And you now go over there and ask them, why don't you guys have this problem? What is it that you guys, you, typically you go into the forest and you go ask the native doctors, what is it that you guys use to alleviate this or make, why this doesn't affect you guys? And that's where you start. And obviously you get the plants, that it's usually plants because that's what they have, that they use, they ingest. And then you now take that and you now try to investigate what's the active ingredient in there that is responsible for this. So it's not, although we make fun of it, there is some science to it. Yeah, and, and but but that's the thing that it's it just it hasn't gone through the 
research process, so most of the scientific world don't believe, but there are things out there that, you know, most people don't know what they are. You just have certain people that do, using Africa as an example, that's been passed down orally from one person to the next, and they use these things to treat people, and they continue to use them, and it continues to work. And most people can explain. I'll give you an example. Not that it's no Brantashi, but no um, bitter leaf. Oh yeah, bitter leaf, right? How long have people in West Africa been consuming bitter leaf? Since before, before years of everything, ringworm. You put bitter leaf. Right? Everything, like for very like thousands and thousands of years. Like this, you know, the research world is just catching on to the benefits of bitter leaf. That you know, it's. It does I think the things for you. is that basically it's just not being refined. You know, the scientific method is real; it works. So it just needs to be re like whatever the methods are. Like I'll say maybe, and the difference would be like the right dosage isn't being given, which is given maybe you know, re if re if it goes through the ringer of research, it'll refine the process. The one thing I'll say in our African method though is that we are using natural methods, which ultimately, even if you take an excess of some natural thing, you just piss it out or you excrete it. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. It's not it's not gonna through, be too detrimental to your body, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas when you go through the research now they extract only one part of the ingredient and now make it appeal and now it starts having all these side effects. And yo and yo that's the level of arrogance too to think that oh let's just extract the active ingredients inside this bitter leaf and throw away the other parts. But meanwhile the other parts work directly with that active ingredient to take it to another level. So you just threw away the part that you thought in your arrogance as a scientist, whatever you want to call yourself, just threw away and said, oh, well, you know, this part is useless. We'll just take the active thing and just kind of refine this. But but you have no idea. It's almost like, I'll give you an example. It's almost like when people drink, you got me talking about it now, right? It's almost like, it's almost like when people drink, uh, what do you call it? Drink juice mm -hmm. or eating a fruit, night and day. Nah, right, but you, you create the juice, you throw away the pulp. The pulp is actually the great part. Yeah, yeah that's the part you. Yeah, they work hand in hand, right? Just play devil's advocate a little bit, even though I'm not agreeing with them. I think part of it is also cost. Sometimes the cost of you know things don't quite work out like we want them to. When you add the other, you got to remove just activate only the active ingredient. Delivery. There's something called admin right? Uh, uh, delivery, absorption, delivery, and all kinds of excretion. Excre excretion. Metabolism and excretion, right? So it's, yeah. all those have to work together to make a particular drug viable. And if certain, certain other part aspects of the drug may prevent the entire ADME uh, scale from being reached, and they have to make decisions to cut some things out. I would say I don't think it's arrogance necessarily. I think it's just decisions being made in boardrooms that okay, look, this is what this works. If I take out the stem, you mean the, the active ingredient still works? Okay, well, side effect might be that you know you can't get it up anymore. But hey, you know what? Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it, it it's in a but boardrooms are filled with arrogance. That's the whole point, right? That is it's true. like oh yeah, why 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 do you have some some jackass in there that thinks because he has some letters behind his name he's like oh so why do we have to keep this why don't we just get rid of it and and, and all of a sudden thinks he's right and i'm right yeah absolutely let's do this and we just focus on the active ingredient oh okay yeah that's a good idea oh yeah okay let's do that meanwhile 
the people that have been using this for thousands of years, <laughs> they got over 2,000, 3,000 years ahead of you are telling you, well, you know what? If you want to take this, you got to eat the stem with it. And you're throwing out 2,000 of years and you're coming back saying, nah, we're just going. And in a lot of cases, when you look at a lot of different things through history, there have been a lot of different examples where you've seen that happen and human beings end up going back to what? The going original. back to the original. Right, right. I'll give you an example. Honey. A lot of people consume refined, they started refining, processing honey. Mm -hmm. Well, the refining and processing process kills all the enzymes. Yep. But they went and they studied this group in Tanzania called the Hadza. And they found out they have the healthiest microbiome in the whole world. Really? Yeah. And one of the key things they eat, honey, raw honey, straight from the hive. Daily diet. Right? So, and yeah, guess what? These hives are barely even wear clothes. They hunt baboons for God's sakes and eat baboons as well. Mm. Right? So, you and your scientific whatever <laughs> thought it was better to process the honey <laughs> these people have been doing this for over ten thousand years you know so i think not i'm not bashing science don't get me wrong here but i'm just saying that you know there's a certain level of arrogance that people apply sometimes oh. neglecting the fact that there are thousands of years of anecdotal evidence associated with a particular thing and you can't throw that out the window you know what i mean nah, you so. You really shouldn't. Anyway, my man. Yeah, you shouldn't, man. But my man, let's uh nice chatting with you always. I need to come check it, come chill out in the Bay Area, man. Be fun to come out to Cali a little bit. We're here, we're not going anywhere. We're vaccinated and we're ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe when this thing dies this thing dies down a little, I'll come check out the Bay Area. I need to. All right, man. We're here. All right, brother. Have a good night. Talk to you later. Next Thanks night, for coming bro. on. Signing out. I'm loyal. Peace. Yeah. I'm loyal. Sa.